Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome to part two of the Moves episode with Kayla Marie Jackson. You've heard all about her moves of her training and her career in college at Spelman, dancing with the Mahogany in Motion for Morehouse College. You've heard about her experience dancing with the Atlanta Hawks. But this part two, you guys, I want you to grab a pen and paper and be ready to take some awesome notes. This almost felt like a masterclass, you guys, of just hearing somebody share all of the pitfalls, lessons, helpful pointers, tips, and things to do if you are looking at making the transition into commercial dance um, once you retire from a team. And I think there are a lot of lessons that just apply to life in general. She said so much that I'm like, okay, taking mental notes for the podcast and ways that I can market myself and just really think strategically about what it is that I really want to do and making sure that I'm living my purpose out through the podcast. So I think she's an amazing and accomplished performer, and I'm just more touched that she really felt it in her heart to share all of this with the listeners of the podcast and just so passionate about it and really, really wanting to help people. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to the second half of the interview, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we've touched on your education, your training. Um, your experience dancing in college, your time with the Hawks, your career, you're getting your MBA. I mean, you just can't stop. (laughs) Love this, but we're going to pivot to talking about your credits. I just, I don't even know the right way to tell people all the stuff because there's just so much stuff, but we're going to break it down by category. Thanks to your amazing (laughs) And then I'm just going to be like geeking out because of course there's a couple here. I'm like, oh my God, you have to tell me about this. But but I think it's just exciting. We're just going to give you lots of praise for a minute. So I know it's awkward sometimes. And there's stuff on there that I don't have on there too. Because the way my agency's resume is, we have to only add the most updated five. Ah. Uh, oh, wow. So yeah, so you're leaving some things off. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens when you're working like this. But you just sit tight. I'm going to help everybody understand Kayla Jackson's uh, lustrous <laughs> resume here. But for TV and film, you were the principal actress and dancer in BET's show called Boomerang, which I have not seen, but now I want to see. Okay. Yes, season uh, two, episode one. Okay. I'm the thumbnail picture. Okay. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Hercules, Hercules. Anyways, okay. Then Sister Circle, um, you were a guest on that show. On the CW, I guess it's a show called Legacies. Is that right? Yeah. So CW has a show called Legacies, which it's a like a spinoff of Vampire Diaries and oh. Originals, but it's like a teenager show. Okay. Um. So honestly, all my TV shows, I've played a teenager or college student. Wow. Well, you look. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Super young. So was that the Sister Circle? Is kind of a no similar? Sister Circle was just a talk show and they were um highlighting hbcus and they wanted girls who danced on teams mm-hmm. to 
come and talk about their experience of going to HBCU and then transitioning to Dance Pro. So um, the person who was our tour manager, she hired me for the tour I was on with Teddy Riley. Mm -hmm. She asked me to collect a few of my friends who came from NFL and NBA to come on the show and talk to them about it. Uh, Step up high water you were a dancer there so tell us a little bit about that so step up season two is on youtube um and actually just got picked up by stars i wasn't a principal well i was a principal dancer for that episode i'm in the praise dance scene so one of the main characters his father passed away and so there was a funeral and we were dancing at the funeral it was more contemporary dance Jamaica Craft she's the creative director and she's a choreographer and then Kiki Eli is one of the um, head choreographers as well so they collaborated on that together and created what you will see if you go tune in and watch it and then Boomerang also the head choreographer is Kiki Eli who is also an Atlanta Hawks alumni okay wow and she's she's amazing she's she's danced for literally everyone and she choreographs and now she's getting into film and producing and she's amazing I love her but she choreographed for Boomerang so I originally got casted for Boomerang as a dancer and then my agent hit me up like hey they want you to read to see if you can act, you know? So um, reading means you get asides a um, and it has partial lines of what you're gonna say. And then, you know, of course you self-tape and you submit it. And I self-taped it and I found out I booked the job ah. two weeks later or so. And I was so excited because it was so much going on in my life at the time, but I was really excited because it's my first acting debut, I guess, with lines and not just dancing. So. Yeah. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. I you think of like, maybe it was a post of yours that you, did you share that out and talk about? Yeah, yeah, because okay. my aunt had passed away and I I had to film the audition the day I found out that she had passed away, which is actually the same day that I was rehearsing for Sister Circle. So oh. I was rehearsing stuff for Sister Circle. So I was there, my friend was at my house I got a phone call that morning and then had to shoot Sister Circle the next day. Mm. I filmed the audition that night. So I had to get myself together, literally. Filmed Sister Circle, had to hop on a plane. I found out I had booked another job. (laughs) And it was a direct book with Jaquel Knight. This is the... The Baychella. Okay, And I found out I had booked that and that I had rehearsal on the day of the funeral and I was panicking. I was like, oh my God, not a job for Jaquel Knight. I have to miss a rehearsal. And literally, I'm so grateful for him because he didn't have to let me miss. You know what I mean? And that's one of those situations where he could have been like, okay, cool. I'm cool on her. Let's hire the next girl. But he had grace for me. And I'm so thankful for him because that was a really amazing experience and I'm looking forward to the next experience with him and he is amazing yeah he yeah he didn't have to do that for me and so he did that and so literally found out I booked boomerang the day of my aunt's funeral that morning wow crazy it was crazy it was crazy I was like what (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I'm cra- I'm being crazy in the church, screaming up and down the aisles. They're bringing my aunt's body into the church. And my mom's like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, mommy, I booked the job. <laughs> and I'm telling my, you know, my deceased aunt, like, Auntie Bonnie, I know you can't hear me right here, but I know you can hear me up here. Like, I'm being crazy, okay? Like, they're thinking I'm a mad woman. <laughs> so many emotions though just I like, was, yeah, I had, it, I was shook but um yeah booking that was really crazy because it was at a really interesting time I had a lot of them yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so I have to ask so you've done tour live performances obviously Baychella is like yeah I you know I wasn't in the real Baychella but I definitely got my life doing the YouTube Baychella with Joelle uh-huh. It was a great experience because I was able to dance with, you know, some Beyonce OGs, Kimmy, <clears throat> Kimmy G and Tasha B and as well Jaquel and just working with him and Christopher Owens. Yeah, th- working with them was really great. Um, I learned a lot in a very short amount of time frame. So that's why I'm saying like, I am looking forward to the next opportunity. I'm just putting that out there, you know, oh, yeah. um, but yeah, working that job was very fun because it wasn't that it was laid back but I had to pull up like I learned all of the breakdowns so getting to this money the um diva I learned mi gente because they're all jumbled together well everybody's mad which is getting to this money but like I learned literally all the breakdowns in one rehearsal which I mean that happens you know what I mean but all the breakdowns are full out I bet. And how, how long are we talking about those? And it was myself and another girl and we didn't know, we didn't know majority of them. Now, of course, like I always tell people, one, you should always study, you know, like Beyonce is an artist that I really do want to work for. So I study her like a crackhead, Um, (laughs) just the same way people study these teams like a crackhead. And, you know, it's the same thing. So some of the stuff, some of the choreo, I kind of already knew. And then also Kimmy would teach um, master classes here in Atlanta. So I was always in her master's um, classes. And then last year, Chris Grant and Ashley Everett, they came to Atlanta and taught a master class, which I attended. So there was some of the choreo that I've already like learned, but just like any job, they can change it. They can make it go left when it went right. It could go right and then go left, you know? So there's different things that I had to pick up within like a day rehearsal. And because I was already missing the other rehearsal with my aunt, I had crazy anxiety the day of the show because I didn't want to mess up because it was my first time working with Jaquel. And I was like, oh, I did not want to mess this up, you know? So I enjoyed it. I can't wait. (laughs) Congratulations. I mean, these are all just super, super exciting. Okay, I'm going to cherry pick a little bit because there's things that I'm like, you did the Super Bowl Music Fest with Sierra. Mm-hmm. And I actually did that with my teammate. And it was cool because, you know, I had already been working with Jamaica and Brandon Jones, who worked with Sierra at the time. So it was really cool to be able to work with them and be, you know, alongside my teammates in the same room because my teammates were able to see what I was going through in rehearsals with them and understand now where my brain was and why I was directing them the way that I was. And then it was also cool for people and choreographers that I've worked with before to see what I was dealing with mm-hmm. in another, like, really be there. Cool. For me, you know, I can't speak for my other teammates of what that meant for them. But for me, it was more so of a perfect collide of okay. my two worlds. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, it was also a turning point for me where I was like, okay, 
I'm done. This is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes it just gives you that perspective where it all kind of like clicks of like, this is what I meant to do. It's time. To- yeah, it, it was definitely a turning point for me where I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I this is my last year, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I knew, like, I knew, knew. Then. Yeah, got you. Um, I have to ask about the Hit the Floor promo. I love that show. What did you end up doing for that? So um, Hit the Floor was returning for another season. And one thing a lot of people don't know is they do cast a lot of dancing jobs like that for like we call them commercial dance jobs mm-hmm. in L.A. So I had already missed those auditions to actually be on the actual show. So they casted us to be not lookalikes, but basically they were doing a tour around the whole country bt hit the floor was yeah and so basically doing all these performances and hiring girls to be devil girls and represent as devil girls why am i mad that i didn't know nothing about this and they obviously did not bring their behinds to seattle but that is so you know so well my agent so that's the beauty of having an agent so my agent had already submitted me for the job and so after that i had to submit my dance reel so I submitted content of me doing jobs and then content of me doing cheer um, hawk stuff. So I submit, submitted my hawks reel. And that was crazy because I was on the set of a music video when I found out I had to submit all that. So I'm like telling that director like, hey, can I go to the corner while we break so I can submit this? You know, like, <laughs> so yeah, I got submitted. And then we had an in-person audition for everyone who, who made the cut for that. And that was for real a typecast. You know, they had specific uniforms. They wanted you to be, you know, specific heights for those uniforms, for their vision. And they flat out said that, like, if you don't book, it's not because you can't dance. All of you are phenomenal. However, we are looking for a specific height, a specific girl for these jobs. They only were looking for two girls because everyone else had been direct booked. And direct books means the choreographer called you specifically for the job and that happens too in the industry where you are called specifically and you don't have to audition that's dope that's my goal that's when you know i was about to say that's when you know you probably are like i have a yeah yeah because like i've been direct booked for jobs before it's just like that's just a goal of all dancers is to consistently book but you want to consistently book because of your relationships and because of your hard work you know, and that's what's going to get you direct booked is right, right. Make, you know, being, know this being consistent. Yes, that theme just popped um, up again. Yeah, consistency. So yeah, hit the floor. So we performed at a BET event and it was filmed and we represented as the devil girls. So like literally had the whole costume and everything like we were the devil girls and what took pictures with fans and at all of that. Wow. Um, but all of us, I will say, do look like we could have been a girl who was already, like, an actress who was cast on the show. So, um, yeah, all of us kind of had that look that of one of the girls who were already on the show, you know? Yeah. And there was actually one girl performing who was on the first episode with us. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She was flown in from L.A. to Atlanta to do that show. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when that show was on TV, you, it, it was just so real and like unlike anything else that was about this yeah. case that I was just so hooked. It got a little crazy a little it bit. It got a little crazy, but oh, some of that stuff was kind of accurate. Yep. It was a beautiful cast on both sides. Yeah. And it was amazing to see the way that they featured the performances of the dancers. Oh, yeah. I was so happy with that. Michael when... Rooney, he did that. That choreography was... A one. Yeah. Okay. 
just because I want to kind of see what you'd be willing to share in terms of how people even how take to, initial baby steps. How to transition. The transition, yeah. So for me, number one, we talked about understanding what your, your end goal is. Yeah. I've always known that I wanted to dance professionally. I will say that I definitely lost sight of that. I mean, unfortunately, like sometimes when you're in relationships, you're like focusing on, you know, certain things that I was focusing on. I need to go to corporate. I need to work for this job. And then this job will help me with this. But I've always been an outstanding dancer, mm -hmm. like, you know, naturally talented. And once I decided that I wanted to dance and that I didn't want to work in corporate anymore, it was very clear. So the first step is to always train. Okay. So if you are passionate about dancing, you're going to be in class consistently. I don't know where people are listening to this. And I know everyone doesn't have access to Premier Studios, but there's YouTube University and there's also Instagram University. Mm -hmm. And honestly, now, because we are in, in a pandemic, a lot of these big studios are offering online programming. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these teachers are going on Instagram live and hosting Zoom classes. So honestly, there's really no excuse because if you are on the East Coast and you're like, oh my God, I want to take this hip hop class. Well, I guess you're taking class at midnight. You know what I mean? Um, so there's just, you kind of have to be dedicated and know exactly what you want so that you can get where you want to be. So the first step is to just be a student, have a student mentality, always train. Number two just because you're on a dance team that might be dancing one way does not mean that you don't need to educate yourself on all styles of dance. If you look at my resume, it seems like it's all over the place, but I don't book the same type of jobs and it's because I'm versatile. You know, I was able to work with the Michael Rooney who has a more jazz, you know, street jazz background and work for Kiki Eli who literally is versatile and then work with the Othan who's versatile but has a different pocket, work with a Jamaica who has a different pocket, work with a Brandon Jones who has a different pocket. Like you need to be able to attach yourselves to so many different styles so that you can book jobs because working in the industry is such a dog eat dog world where you will starve if you cannot work. Yeah. You know, there's work today and then work tomorrow and then there's not work for another six months. Yeah. And if you are not versatile and you don't know and you don't educate yourself on everything, then unfortunately you're going to be a one trick pony and you're not going to be able to see the fruits of your labor, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to transitioning. A lot of times the style with pro dance does not translate well to girls trying to go commercial because they're so stuck in the style of dancing like they are on the court and they don't move free enough. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to explain it. It's very cookie cutter. And the industry, you have to pay attention to your body. You have to pay attention to the musicality. The music is not already set, you know? And then dancing on stage is a whole different beast because your music is echoing if you don't have in-ears. And in-ears are basically what you wear on stage to hear the band and to hear the artists so you can block out the audience. So yes. let's say you don't have any ears, you're, you're trying to dance to on beat and you have to be in the pocket so deep. So you're riding the beat versus dancing too fast yeah. or dancing too behind. 
the other thing I would say is if you want to go into dancing commercially or transitioning is to hold on to that professionalism that you gained while being on a team. Mm. I went to HBCU. So I always say that like, and I went to Spelman. So I consider myself an elitist. Like, I I mean, I don't know. It's just, (laughs) it is what it is. You know, Spelman girls that we, we think very highly of ourselves, but I gained that professionalism very early because of the type of institution I went to and the type of like discipline that we had. But a lot of times individuals who are on pro teams, they learn that professionalism because you are dancing in a corporate environment and you have to be professional. And fortunately, and people in the industry don't learn that and they have to screw up a few jobs in order to learn that professionalism. So that's where people in the pro cheer world have an advantage because they know how to show up on time they know how to do their makeup they know how to have the right clothes they know how to you know ask questions when they're confused they know how to negotiate things for themselves mm-hmm. um they know how to be respectful they know how to smile and thank people you know what I mean there's right. just different things that you pick up while being on a team so that's the third thing so the first thing is train 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 yes. second remain versatile the third professionalism is key Mm-hmm. And then um, the next thing I would say is to network. So while you are taking classes, while you are on a team, make sure you're networking, make sure you're speaking to your teachers. I know a big barrier for me is that I never had time to train. Uh-huh. So I always had to do what they call sessioning. And sessioning just means working with the choreographer or a teacher. It's like a private lesson. Private. Okay. And, you know, that choreographer might have choreo that they have to teach you, or they might have choreo that they're working on for a project. And, you know, they might put it on you. They might be getting ready for a showcase, whatever the case is. I sessioned so much mm-hmm. with people to learn how to dance in a hill, to learn how to do hip hop in a more like commercial hip hop base, like to really let go. And I, I call what people do for proteins cheer hop. Can we, can we call it something? Cause I, I call just, it cheer hop. Okay. And my mentor not... who comes from the pro world as well, who also dance in the industry, she calls it cheer hop too. So we got to stick for it. Thank you. Tell you and your friend, thank you. Because I literally was just messaging with somebody about this. It's cheer hop. There we go. No cheer matter hop. how grungy you want to get, it's not grungy. It's not, no, no. it's cheer hop. Thanks. I don't care if you're dancing to the most crazy rap song it's cheer Mm -hmm. hop and it's so hard to um okay that's just gonna be a whole nother tangent we we could talk off why yeah (laughs) but but yeah it's cheer hop and because it's cheer hop you know we i talked about that whole like fans really don't know the difference cheer hop you don't have like feeling all the time you know it's a fabricated feeling they tell you how to feel when to feel where to feel why to feel there's no connection to the song So what I had to start training myself to do is like, I literally, I had to listen to hip hop music and listen to music that was more like mainstream all the time, just so I can hear the lyrics. And then I can relate to the lyrics. Whereas with a mix, I can't hear what they're talking about in a mix because the mix is going to say, what's what's the song? Uh, Let's say, no flex, zone, no flex, zone. They know about it. They know about it. Ding, 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 ding. No flex zone. Ding, 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 ding. You know what I mean? So all I know is no flex zone. I'm just hearing the beat and I'm going to the beat. Right. But I don't really understand why I'm talking about no flex zone. And they're talking about like 
don't flex on me. And right. I'm thinking about ding, 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 you know? So, um, Oh, that's the perfect way of putting it. Yeah. So sessioning was important for me because I wasn't able to go to class. Like if you're an NBA dancer, you legit have no zero time. time. No time. No time. That's another thing. So if you do want to go in the industry, I always tell girls, like if you're really serious about doing industry, shorten your time on a team. So you can, This you is something that I wish I would have done. Granted, I made it work. You know, and thank, like I said, thank God for my director allowing me to do both while I was there and figure it out. And I also had other teammates before me who was figuring it out and doing it. So I saw how they did it. But not everybody has a director that's like, yeah, sure, go ahead and miss three months for a tour. You know what I mean? Like everybody doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, sure, leave early to go to class. You know, you yeah. got to figure it out. Yeah. So I always say also shorten your time on a team and or do an NFL team so that your movement quality is not compromised. Ooh. Expand on that. What do you mean by that? Your movement quality can be compromised. So if because you're, you're trying to fit into that box of what that team wants, you don't understand how to be a chameleon. Ah, uh, okay. And so for someone who comes on a team really saucy, after three years of being told they're too saucy, forgets how to be saucy when it's time to be saucy again. Yeah. Especially if they're not training on this, like cross training. Yeah. So oh. cross training is so important and not just in heels. You got to cross train in hip hop. Like there's a lot of girls that, you know, NBA dancers or NFL dancers will see them trying to teach all these heels classes. And I'm like, baby girl, you're not training in it. You're just taking class. Like, have you gone and trained under people who are the, top dogs like the Aisha Francis or the Danielle Polancos or the Giannis Marshalls or the Kira Harpers or you know what I mean like have you trained under these Cisco have you trained under these people who are literally working jobs in a heel yes who are still teaching because there's other choreographers who are trained in a heel or trained in whatever you're trying to do but they're not teaching class anymore right you know so it's like everyone is rushing to teach heels classes because it's comparable to what we do on the court or what we do on the field, but it's like, you're not training under the correct people that's actually teaching you how to do that. And all while training in a heel, you're still neglecting your hip hop. You're still neglecting your jazz. And you know, there's a thing called street jazz. We don't do street jazz on the court. Mm-mm. Rhapsody James is somebody to, you know, study who does street, you know, she does street. She's like, yeah mother of street jazz okay like she loves a good street jazz class okay yeah and she loves street jazz choreo so she's someone that it's like study that because the jazz we do on the court is competition style jazz palm mm-hmm. you know if, if you are trying to work in the commercial industry study you know hip hoppers learn how to pop and lock learn how to wave learn how to vogue learn how to do different styles of hip-hop hip-hop just doesn't mean like twerking and you know popping and people think hip-hop is literally cheer pop and that's a whole yeah they, won't go there's so many different types, types of hip-hop in hip-hop yes i wish people you know that. there's house learn how to do house like l- literally dive into everything because when you go on a job you might be going on a job for usher but the first part of the audition might be a ballet audition because Amy Allen works for Usher and Amy Allen is big on ballet. So she might decide 
hmm, the first part of this audition is bar. You might not get to the hip hop part until the very end, or you may not get to the hill section until the next day. But the first audition that's going to make everyone get cut is bar. Wow. So yeah, on top of being versatile, on top of cross training, on top of professionalism, um, I would lastly say the thing that helped me transition is, oh, and networking. I think one thing that people in this industry lack is not having a proper headshot and resume. I'm like, please do say more. How important is that for real, for real? Because I think a headshot is not your bio headshot that is on the website for the team. You have entirely too much makeup on. Your pose is too, like, it, it, it doesn't stand out. It's too right place. Place. It, yeah, it's not editorial. And depending on if you're trying to work for an artist, they want editorial pictures. You know what I mean? And if you're trying to do TV and film, they want everyday zero makeup. You know, like when I do a lot of my acting work, the auditions that I send in, I literally have one powder, concealer, and a little bit of blush and a little bit of mascara, you know, because they want to see the real you. So headshots are very important to have. And that's something that I think people can work on during this pandemic. And if people want to contact me, they can totally contact me. I have the capacity to help people and, you know, wherever they are, I'm pretty sure I can find a photographer, or connect them to somebody to, you know, do that. And then even resumes, just because you're not with an agency or you might be with an agency doesn't mean you, you can't look up what a proper dance resume looks like. You know, you should always have your name, which always be how to contact you in the top corner, your name in big bold letters, your height. Sometimes they ask for ethnicity, but, you know, most times they leave it off. Your height, your ethnicity your weight or your size, whatever. And then under that, you can label it literally TV and film. And for all my girls who've never done a TV and film job, when you do those interviews on these TV shows shows for the team, put that under there for TV and film for now. Find out who the director is or the producer is and put their name, you know, where it's supposed to go. When When it says like in the middle section, so it should always be, you know, it should read like left to right, what the job is, the middle should be what your role was. So, you know, dancer, actress, model, extra, whatever the case is. And then the last, you know, column should always be who was the producer or director or choreographer under live shows and performances, put your team, put that you are a dancer or the captain or whatever your role is and put your director's name. Got it. If you've performed with any artists, I remember I did that before I actually started performing with artists. We performed with 21 Savage, Ludacris, CeeLo, you know, all these people on the on the day of the game. Mm-hmm. I would put the artist's name. Yeah. And I would say halftime okay. performance. I would put dancer and then I would put my director's name. And as crazy as it looks, it just shows that you have experience. Mm-hmm. If you've done a music video. It doesn't have to be a big name music video. It literally can be your friend's concept video or if you have concept videos that you've done, just anything. And then also for people who are just starting, it's very important to list your training at the bottom. So if you don't have a tab where like, you know, on my resume, I have TV and film, live stage performances, commercial and music video. If you don't have all of that, you can literally supplement those tabs and put training and list everywhere that you've trained 
and your teachers because the dance industry is so tiny that when you list that, if I was a choreographer, well, I, I mean, I do choreograph, but if I were to see your resume and I'm like, oh, wow, so-and-so, I, I danced with so-and-so, I can easily be like, okay, she's good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Before you on that, like when you're training in terms of like an academy or like where you went to school versus I took a dance class with so-and-so or dance class, like that wouldn't really count as no, training. No, put right? that like, down. Oh, you do yes, you go like a master class or a convention? Yep. Mas- like conventions for sure. If you're constantly training at a specific studio, you can always list the studio and then list all the type of classes that you take. Got it. Okay. No, that's helpful for people. I was just curious yeah. how to characterize it because I wouldn't think like, I mean, obviously I'm not in it in any form or fashion, but you know, if you were just taking a class here or there. Like if you went to Monsters um, Dance Convention or Red X or, you know, in all these little dance conventions, if you've got an award, list it, especially if you don't have work that you've done, at least people know that you're training and that you're working towards your craft and that you, you know, care enough to list it out because like I said, all those people are connected and they know each other. So it's just very important to list that out. So headshots, I always say go to, you know, agency websites and scroll and look for someone who looks like you. Uh-huh. And then model your first headshots after their headshots. That's a great pointer in terms of look, the amount of makeup, what they're wearing. What they're wearing and always have a variety. So dance headshots, people think it's just like a leotard and a, you know, a cute pose. No, be creative. You know what I mean? Dance headshots are different from acting headshots. Acting headshots should definitely not be distracting. But dance headshots can be really funky and swaggy. And honestly, have multiple headshots. Have one that's sexy. Have one that's swaggy. Have one that's athletic. You know, have one that shows different um, hairstyles if you can. Like, I'm one of those dancers in the industry where I look good with different hairstyles. And I've been told that multiple times, like, oh, you could pull off braids, you could pull off high ponytail, you could pull off big blonde, you can pull off, you know, straight, like, there's just different looks that I can have. And because of that, my mentor recently told me I needed to get a headshot in every single one of my looks. So that's been my homework, this whole pandemic, I've been shooting like a crazy person every other week with a new hairstyle, because Uh when I go to auditions, my headshot is going to show all those looks. Got you. So that they can't be like, oh, we want you to have, what, well, girl, I got a ponytail. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was about to say, who, who do I need to be today? Who do I need to be? <laughs> and I ask another like similar question um, that came to mind with something that you were saying, um, just in terms of like gathering all of your footage or your performances. Well, I've been looking at too many dance performances lately, but when I'm looking at the videos that are, you know, the team might put out of their performances is really hard to know that you're actually going to be seen in a performance so do you recommend people like I don't know hiring a videographer somebody that's going to focus on you during a performance so that you can actually use that as something to market your work would you recommend that so my director always gave us all of our videos at the end of the year and so what I did every year I kind of like chopped up the videos and found the parts where my face was um which it was a lot easier like by my third season because I was in the middle for the formation got it got it so that's another you know thing always work really hard so you can you know get to know the camera guys 
because no matter where you are in the formation, they will one that they think they want to catch. Yeah, they're gonna catch you. Exactly. There were plenty of times where I was on the opposite end of the formation, and the camera guy was right in my face and not in the <laughs> no, center. Right. I know that's right. You know what I mean? Um, even for free stuff, like the camera guy knew I was gonna do something fun so he always was like okay I'm coming to you for free stuff you know so those are like little tips that I would like tell like my girls yeah. who, who were on the team with me or who are on the team now who I still keep in contact with I'm like girl you better um work that camera so they keep coming back to you you know so so that's how I've gotten a lot of my footage um is that I just chopped up the footage that we've gotten and created my own reel like my own like NBA dance reel Okay. Um, and then outside of that, if you feel like you don't have enough footage showing like all the different styles that you can do, definitely create concept videos. So yeah, hire someone or have a friend like iPhones are so advanced now where you can use a good iPhone 11, film it with some good lighting, overlay the music, you know, showing your different tricks, showing you know, if you can do contemporary, I don't know, literally tap if you, if you could do all of those things and then combine it into a dance reel a dance reel should not be longer than a, two minutes you are giving like so many jewels like I don't even I would say from like all the episodes that I think I've done <laughs> in terms of like all the nuggets or if I were like listening to this I would be like taking a million notes because it's just I, hope they so take <laughs> I mean I'm not even kidding I can't even thank you enough and I mean with your I've been itching. That's why I reached out. I was like, I've been itching to just tell everybody like what they need to do. <laughs> but listen, I mean, I'm not trying to be like that, but this is something that you could just be charging by the hour for the consulting. Like I'm honored that you wanted to share this information with the podcast number one. And just, I don't know if your mentorship program is something that people wouldn't make the financial investment to be a part of, but like, this is golden knowledge that you should be charging by the hour to share with people because it really is that impactful, I think, in terms of coaching people to understand legit steps, like what do I need to be focused on? What should I be thinking about? And that is yeah. completely, that's so valuable. Well, you know, like for me, like I, like I said, I, I didn't make this decision on my own. Like I do have people like Kimmy G, who is my mentor. Like she's like my big sister and she danced for the 76ers and then moved on to doing Beyonce and other jobs. And she's also signed with Excel Talent Agency as well. So it was really helpful having her in my corner, helping me navigate how to properly exit and create a true exit strategy for mm -hmm. myself that was beneficial for me as an artist, but also beneficial to making sure that I left the organization on a good high, high note. Yep. In doing that, I hit a lot of hard brick walls because I dealt with a lot trying to transition. You know, people were telling me to quit Hawks at my third season. And honestly, like I, like we said, that programming, that mind, I wasn't confident enough to do it. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I could propel. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I trained hard enough. And then I kept telling, I danced like a cheerleader. Like, girl, I could tell you all the craziness that I've heard and why I, I worked so hard and why I've become an advocate for girls to not have to go through what I went through to be able to get to where I am. And honestly, I can even connect you with so many other girls in the industry that I've connected to who've come from NBA and NFL and transitioned on and what they had to experience making that transition is hard, you know, and a lot of people don't talk about their transition. They just transition and are sh about being on a team. And that was me for a while as 
that shoot that's still me I'm like I'm not connected to this I am not you know because I don't want people to judge me and think I dance like a cheer hopper or judge me and think I I move a certain way or you know not give me an opportunity because they don't think that I can handle the choreography because I'm more than that and that's why I'm such an advocate for people displaying who they really are outside of being a part of a team because a team does not make you you make the team and I don't know how many times my mother shoot my my mentors like my big sisters have always told me that like girl you don't need them they need you yeah yeah and it's not in a bad or malicious way of saying that but it's literally like it's a job it's just a gig being on a pro dance team is a gig and the more people who want to make that transition understand that it's just a gig and it is not your life yes they can transition a lot easier they can transition smoother because the moment that you create that to be your lifestyle and you create that to be your brand it is harder to detach got it and that's what people are going to go through in terms of all of those i don't even know what to call that period after they retire or after they it's it's a lot girl i i know you you had a podcast about about that and people having to go to therapy and all of that is real it's real. it's real and I and I see it I still see it with friends who have not created a proper exit strategy for themselves whether they want to go into entertainment or not right they're still they're still trying to feed off of that high it's like yeah. a drug kind of yeah. and it's a dangerous drug if you don't know how to play with it <laughs> I hate talking about it like it's something crazy but you know it can be dangerous. Um, so that's why, like, I always say, like, out of all the things that I said, the last thing, I guess, is, like, treat it like a gig. Do what you're supposed to do. You know, if you're supposed to be an ambassador, follow the rules. Whatever you're supposed to do. If they don't want you twerking on Instagram and doing all this craziness and showing all this, don't do it. And don't and stop acting like you can get away with it. <laughs> you know, if they don't want you to be showing that you're having alcohol in your background, you don't see the players doing it, so don't do it. You know what I mean? If they, if your shirt isn't supposed to have something suggestive on it, you don't see the players doing it because I know the players be having PR on deck to. to okay. They're there to correct every little. Correct. Mistake. If okay. they if they put their finger down wrong, they're like, ah, that was offensive. You know, so it's like, yeah. why why don't you think that we don't have the same rules? If they tell you not to go to this place, not to go to that place, just don't do it. You know what I mean? And if you feel like it no longer serves you leave yeah that was for me I felt like I couldn't put out content that I needed to put out to even showcase that hey I'm willing to do this type of job or I'm willing to wear this for a certain job or I'm willing to dance to this type of music I didn't have any of that content on my page I didn't have any of that content available when I booked Iggy I was nervous because I had known what Iggy had put out before and I was like I don't know what we about to wear. I can't, I can't even post the job on my Instagram. You know what I mean? Like once the job is done, you know, granted, I am twerking on a car, you know what I mean? In video and getting down, but like I was clothed. So I was like, oh, okay. I can post this on my Instagram while I'm on the team. I don't got to wait. You know what I mean? But, and not saying that I'm just, I was so thirsty to show skin and do all this other stuff, but I I do think that while you're on the team, do what you got to do. And then when you feel like it no longer serves you, leave mm-hmm. and treat it like a gig. It's a gig. That's it. 
when you, when you put too much importance and glorify it too much, that's when it becomes dangerous. Yes. Because then they're in control and you're not in control anymore. Mm-hmm. And they'll move on. Today they'll love you. Tomorrow they'll hate you. They'll find another you. They'll mm-hmm. brand another girl to be the face. And, and that's that. Yeah, exactly. You got to know what you want out of it. Absolutely. And there, like I said, so many nuggets of wisdom that you done dropped that people need to well, can I say something I, I also <laughs> want people to not be afraid to reach out to people who have done what they want to do like if you know you came from the NBA or NFL and you know that there's girls there's so many of us in the industry that we're so willing to talk especially girls who are not like elite level yet you know what I mean but there there are a lot of elite level dancers like there's a few Beyonce dancers who come from the NBA, you know, NBA, NFL. There are a few like choreographers who come from the NBA, NBA, NFL. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of girls who, you know, we're still hustling and, you know, we're willing to share our story. Not saying they're not, because they are, because I talk to them too, yeah. you know. But like, we're a whole nother family. It's like we're still family. Like, just how you and I are talking, it's like it's approach your family. So, like, don't be afraid to talk to someone. Like, if you want to reach out to Kimmy, I'm pretty sure you can reach out to Kimmy. If you want to reach out to Ashley Selden, reach out to Ashley Selden. If you want to reach out to Amy Allen or Aisha Francis or Brandy, mm-hmm. you know, who just did Pete Valley, like, I'm pretty sure that Chuck Maldonado, he used to dance for the Hawks, Devo. Uh, Kiki Eli like there's just so many different people that there's a girl named um, Ariana Candace Savage like there's so many people in the industry who have been on a team Margot Danae I don't know there's just a lot of people mm-hmm. that people can reach out to and ask questions Amon Marshall she's a choreographer and dancer she's in New Orleans like I don't know there's just so many people that people can reach out to and I don't want people to feel like they can't because that's what they want to do. You know, like there's so many people that can help bridge the gap. And that's what I found out after doing research. I was like, oh my God, all these people, like my mind was blown. Yeah, yeah. Because all these people actually have something. Like I'm not alone. Okay, let me ask you this. This is a piece of advice that I'm probably just going to take for myself too. You know, even with having a podcast of like, oh, you know, I shouldn't reach out because they're probably way too busy and this and that. And like kind of you talk yourself out of things, but... You know, there's obviously a professional way to introduce yourself over social media, but it seems like that's like the easiest way to reach people. But at the same time, you know, I was going to ask, like, do you think that in terms of their receptiveness to being contacted, that it's one preference of like how you go about it? Because I know that there's like bookings, email addresses in their bios or, you know, you send an Instagram message and you're left in that weird inbox for people that, you know what I mean? Most people, I mean, if they have an email, email them. But be persistent. Like, if you're really, like, seeking knowledge, people really are okay with you. You know, like, they love people who are seeking knowledge. Like, you just have to have that student mentality. So, you know, if I'm emailing someone were to message me, hey, Kayla, I see that you used to dance for the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. And I recently heard your podcast. I just wanted to reach out to you because I currently dance for X, Y, and Z team. And I have been thinking about making a transition into dancing commercially. And I just wanted to know if I could pick your brain. Yeah, just try. You know, 
Yeah. Just be genuine. I've been really nervous to even do it because of X, Y, and Z. And this is, I saw you do it and your story was inspiring. You named all these amazing people. You know what I mean? Hey, Candice, I heard your name from X, Y, and Z. And I saw who you worked for. And I just think it's so amazing. And I, I'm really inspired by your journey. And I also noticed that you danced for the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Girl. And if people don't reply, they don't reply. Right. And then go back around. Hey, girl, just following up. Um, I just wanted to reach out again. The season's going well. I just, you know, wanted to know if I can get on your books. I know you must be really busy right now. Mm-hmm. And, and then let's say someone like Amy Allen has a mentorship program. If she really is not responding to your DMs, which she usually responds to DMs, and same with Aisha Francis, they have mentorship programs. Mm-hmm. Spend that money for the relationship, relationship. to be yeah. able to talk to them and work with them and really tell them what, you, what your goals are so that they can help guide you. And then they'll be like, girl, I did the Lakers girls and that was so far back and I did this and that and now I do this you know like they'll they'll tell you so you just have to ask you and not be afraid of taking your own career in your own hands period because I'm I'm talking to myself too because there's and I'm like listening to myself I'm like (laughs) Kayla you still got to reach out to some people (laughs) but but, you know it's just like you can't be afraid because if you are the next girl's not or the next guy's not yep and that might cost you a job exactly and and you're risking nothing by just trying risking nothing literally and you literally gave like a verbatim template email message whatever and it doesn't even mean that you are pursuing a a commercial career no that could be anything anything hey girl i want to be a nurse I thought that you were a Hawks dancer back in the day. I'm on a Hawks dancer now. What school did you go to? Did you go to school while you were on the team? You know what I mean? Like, it's just little stuff that you can just network and literally reach out to people. And people are just not mean. Yeah. And if they're a working choreographer and dancer, just go to their class. (laughs) But it makes the investment, like you said, you know, spend the money to invest in it. And I just think, you know, not to kind of try to like sell your consulting services but I just think you know when people are serious about it you do kind of have to make those judgments of like who can I learn the most from and valuing their time and their their expertise and just that energy that they're basically giving you and yeah willing to invest in it and I think it's just something if that's the way to kind of get your foot in the door to being able to have that time with them be being willing to do it you know because it is a valuable service for lack of a better word. And I, I just love that you have it in your heart to share it because it's going to help so many people. Number one. I don't want anyone struggling. Yeah. You know, like I dealt with so much trying to figure it out and I just don't want anyone. I want people to have a blueprint. I think that the gap between the pro world and the industry is so far apart and it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be that way. Okay. It just needs to be looked at like another gig, like commercial dance industry girls and guys should want to be on teams because it's another gig. It's another way to make money. It's another way to perform and enjoy dancing. 
and they shouldn't look at it as like this is that and this is that all the way yeah. over here and yeah. it, it shouldn't be such of a divide and it is and it shouldn't be so hard to transition but it is and so for me my goal is just to give the blueprint on how to possibly transition the easiest it's still gonna be hard it's still a lot of hard work but mm -hmm. just understanding to know what you need to do like there's so many girls that I could tell you now who are on pro dance teams who don't have a proper headshot so even if a head, even if a audition were to pop up tomorrow they're going to be going to the audition with a crazy looking headshot. They're not going to know what to wear to an audition. Mm -hmm. They're not going to know how to slate. They're not going to know how, you know, like they're just not going to know. What to I'm like, huh? What? So slate is basically like when they, when you say, hi, my name is Kate. So if I were to slate, hi, my name is Kayla Marie Jackson, Excel talent five, six. And that's really it. They go zoom in on your face and then they zoom out on your body and you're standing there. You know what I mean? Like that's just how you slate. People don't know that you probably need to bring multiple dance outfits to an audition because they might start off with one style and end with another style. Like there's just so many different nuances that pro girls and guys don't learn. You wouldn't really be prepared for. And it's not something that you couldn't do. It's just my first audition. I was a hot mess. I was a hot mess. <laughs> and then my second, my first LA audition, I was a hot mess. And I'm shocked that I even made it all the way to the end. It was with Rhapsody and it was for the BET Awards for Trey Songs when he performed Animal. I don't even know how I made it all the way to the end, to be honest. And I froze up during the freestyle. I did, I've did. i never freestyled in a hill before. And so I was like, oh my God. So that's when I started sessioning with people to teach me how to dance in a hill. I yeah. said, oh, well, I don't know how to do this. Different. It's different. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's just like, there's different things about, about the industry that if people knew they can just transition, they can bounce back, they can do, be both. on a team, yeah. they can do both until one requires, you know, the industry is definitely going to require more out of you eventually. But if you can do both while you're on a team and book a few commercials here and there, and once you, once it's time, make the transition, you're not going to be like, oh my God, I need to take headshots. Oh my God, I don't know how to audition. Oh my God, I don't even know how to do this style or that style. Or I don't even know who these choreographers' names are, you know? That part, just studying it. Like you said, be a student of the business that you're wanting to crack into and, and invest your time accordingly. It's so helpful to think about it as a gig, like you said, and, and the idea of juggling multiple gigs or preparing for the next gig while you have a gig and just- While you have a gig. Mm -hmm. While you have a gig. <laughs> thinking about it in that, in that context will really help a lot of people with, A, the time that they have on their hands now. If, you know, if they mm -hmm. auditioned for a team, didn't make it, You've got all this Rona quarantine time. You can exactly. actually invest in yourself big time and mm -hmm. really be thinking what it is that you want to do, why you want to do it, and having some like legit to-dos that come from this conversation about things that right. they focus on. So lots of room for growth and just really exploring who you are. Right. Hell, this is so good. Like I can't, I <laughs> the minute that you reached out and you mentioned the topic, I was like, OMG, like that would just be so amazing. And I think I had just done an interview with um, Charles Smith, I think around that time, but I was just like, it would be great from like a dancer's perspective of being on a team and, and making that transition and understanding. Yeah, that. I love Chuck. He's awesome. He yeah. is awesome. I couldn't have asked for anything better in terms of just content and heartfelt conversations about it and just being so open 
I thank you so freaking much. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is I, I hope people actually listen to the whole. No, they will. And there's like, you know, editing things. Like when I have a really juicy, good interview, if I feel like I need to break that into two, part one, part two, because it's okay. just, I want it to be consumable, but absolutely keep every little nugget, then that's what I do because it's just <laughs> important. Before I let you go, do you want to play my Drop It Like It's Hot game? Sure. Lightning round. <laughs> I know we got to know you so well, but... There's a, these are little fun, easy questions that you can hopefully answer. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. Your favorite style of dance? Heels. It is heels. Okay. Well, it's like te technique, okay. but heels now. Okay. okay. I was going to guess ballet. I don't know why. Well, it is. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. To be a good heels dancer, you have to, you got to be trained. You have to, you have to train in technique, in ballet, jazz. Like my used to be favorite was like jazz. I'm a jazz dancer. But now that I work in commercial, I love jazz, but I love that I can translate that to my heels. Got it. Okay. Who is your favorite choreographer? Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen. Yes. I just love her. Okay. Uh, let's see. You're probably so busy. This one doesn't even apply, but. What are you binge watching during quarantine? Right now, I'm watching The Game. I already watched all of Moesha. Okay, yes. I, I already binge watched all of Moesha. Now I'm like finishing all the seasons of The Game again. <laughs> <laughs> I just discovered that it was on there. Because I, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I will be joining you. Okay, cake or pie? Pie. Okay, what kind of pie? Strawberry pie or peach cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds so good. Okay. I don't like icing. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, I don't like crust. I love crust. Oh, eat pie, everything but the crust at the top. I'm weird. Oh, no. I used to only eat the crust, but now that I'm, it was a texture thing. I only ate the crust, but now I'll eat everything else too now. Okay. What's your favorite pizza topping? Ooh, I don't have one anymore. I no. guess it would be pineapples or banana peppers. Let's say olives. You I like don't that. eat meat like that anymore. So okay. it used to be pepperoni or like meat lovers, but I gave up pork and I don't eat chicken. I'm mainly pescatarian. So okay. where's your favorite place to travel? South America or the Caribbean. Yeah, that. I love Costa Rica. It's I, so cool. I wanted to go until I saw the, the lizards. Oh, girl, it's snakes everywhere. And snakes too? Hell. They have like the world largest snake or something crazy Ooh. like that. Okay. Some of the most dangerous frogs. But I mean, it's just really, it's really relaxing. The air is fresh. The water's fresh. Like everything's just really good as far as like for your health. Okay. So this one is, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? So that could be like either a decade or maybe just an age of where you were at in your life. So I wouldn't travel back in time with my life because I like the way that my life is now and I just want to elevate from there. But if I had to go back to travel, I would probably want to go back to like the Renaissance, okay. the Harlem Renaissance era, because I feel like a lot of dance styles and a lot of like culture was bred from that era. Yeah. Um, it's like, especially in like 
the black community and honestly like i feel like that really contributed to like the way that entertainment is now mm-hmm. in like a more broader scheme of things and so i would want to just study and see like what was going through their mind because their music and their art was a reflection of what was going on and so i mean that's kind of like what we're experiencing today mm-hmm. so i would want to know how they use that to create yeah yeah Oh, that's dope. I like that. I never had to think about that. So I was like, where are we? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the best answer I've heard on that question. So (laughs) So now that you are binge watching a series of sitcoms, if you could live in any sitcom, which one would it be? Girlfriends. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I would say either living single or girlfriends. I just love those shows so much. My friends and I were totally girlfriends. Okay. That was a good ass show. Two more. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? Bubbly. Bubbly. (laughs) That's so cute. Or sassy. (laughs) Okay. The last question is if you could shop for free at one store, which one would you choose? Ooh. Um, okay. My (laughs) non-selfish answer would be the pet store. Oh, for your babies. Because he's expensive. Yeah. So that's my non-selfish answer. But my selfish answer would probably be the makeup store. Okay. Like Sephora, because I like face products and I like (laughs) makeup. And they also sell perfume and everything yeah. you know hair stuff or Ulta I guess something like that because clothes I mean I don't mind buying clothes but makeup gets expensive after a while and skincare products no I I agree I always tell people like I wouldn't want a shoe closet I would want yeah I wouldn't want shoes like that yeah I would want like my closet that's off my bathroom to be like an aisle in Target where it's just like all kinds of shampoos and conditioners, lotions, right? You know, skincare products, like literally my mother, she's like a shopaholic when it comes to like lotion, spray, perfume. I have literally triple and quadruple of everything. I wouldn't want to buy it because I don't buy it now. My mom buys it for me. Well, no, that was awesome. Thank you so much for playing along. I think I've had you for so long and I know it's getting late over there, but I just really, like I said, can't thank you enough for spending time sharing your journey, sharing all these helpful pointers and tips for people. Yeah. Well, this can't be the last time that we talk. I know. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.